morning. Has God been good to you this week? Let him hear it. Shout hallelujah for him. Put your hands together and praise our Lord this morning. Come on, you got more in you. Come on, you got more in you. Give him some praise this morning. He deserves it. He earned it. Every day he's been good to you, keeping you alive. Amen. I don't like to talk about the message titles a lot, but I want to start by telling you this. Today's passage, there's about 17,052 different sermon titles that you could draw from. At first, I thought about having it be the corner of yes and no, and I thought about steadfast. That sounds nice. And I thought about the other 16,000-some And then I decided on unwavering. That's where I landed. And we're gonna gonna talk a lot today about how we got to the point of unwavering. And and I'll give you the heads up. The way that I've designed this message is a little bit unique, even for my taste. Um, But mm, God is so good. Let's start this morning with the reading of the 23rd Psalm. It'll be projected for you if you read along. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as we come before you, continuing in our worship time, Lord Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit here. We ask you come, rest on us, that we would feel the move of your Spirit in this house this morning. Lord, there's so much in this one verse that's going to ground our message today. There's so much there that I can't begin to touch. But Lord Jesus, I know that through your power and through your voice that touches the hearts of your children, (laughs) Lord Jesus, I know that every person in this building, every person watching online, every person that tunes into the podcast is gonna take something fresh away from this word. Lord Jesus, I know that you will minister to your children today. Father, even now, open up their hearts and their ears that they might be receptive to your voice. And Father, touch my lips with a refining coal that I would speak only the words which you have given me and none of my own. And let it all be to the praise and glory of the one true King forever and ever. And all God's children, Shouted, amen. 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 It's God. So today we're going to continue in James chapter 5. And yes, 
you're looking at this right, we're only going to talk about one verse. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about James 5:12. This is what it reads: Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. There's a lot in that one little verse, amen? So where we, where we need to start is with this saying. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. As I, as I put this message together this week, I found myself laughing at our culture. <laughs> because Scripture is so clear. All you need to answer is a simple yes or no. But even as Christians, we step away from that a little bit, don't we? All right? And so that's why I have that real big at the top of the outline. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. But welcome to America, <laughs> where we say, yeah, no. <laughs> Meaning to say, I agree. Or then we'll turn it around and say, no, yeah. Meaning I disagree, right? I, and, and this is not judgmental. I'm number one guilty on this. Yeah, no, and no, yeah. Oh, I use it all the time. But then whenever I need to make something absolute, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, there we go. I'm alive. <laughs> but wh why do we do that? It, well, we get a kick out of it for one, right? But there's just something so much, so much more certain in, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> than just, yes, or is there? See, as I, as I pulled this together, I thought, we as, as believers, we have one absolute in life. That's <laughs> there we go. I'll just stand here. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> Y'all know I don't stand still well. We have one absolute in our lives as Christians. That's Christ. That's the absolute. So we don't need, yeah, no, for sure. We need Christ. And in his word, he says, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. So remember last week's message, we talked about the word sterizo, means stand firm. Well, I hope you do. <laughs> that was a real driving point. Well, we're going to see that word reoccurring a lot this week, okay? So, I ask myself the question, we should stand firm, but why? So here's what I did, and, and rather than taking this into, um, you know, the, the topical type of sermon that I kind of prefer to write, what I did was I started cross-referencing the passage, 
And so the first cross-reference in my Bible took me to Matthew 5, 33, and 33 through 37. Okay? And, I, and I get this. Here's why. Jesus taught it. Okay? So in Matthew 5, 33 through 37, it says this. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, this is Jesus talking, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And all God's children said, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we're ornery and we do that. But he says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. So reason number one, number one, that I should stand firm and not waver when I say yes or no is Jesus taught it. And then you stay in the Gospel of Matthew and just jump over to chapter 6. And in verse 13 of chapter 6, we have this beautiful example of prayer, right? And verse 13 reads, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, so that's the second cross-reference to the passage. I'm starting to pick up a little bit of a pattern here. So Jesus says, anything else other than a simple yes or no comes from the evil one. A chapter later, he says, pray to be delivered from the evil one. Right? And then Jesus, in the Gospel of John, chapter 17 and verse 15, Jesus prays this for his disciples. He says, My prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You see this progression as we cross-reference? Like, man, this is, a, this is a unique occurrence here. So Jesus is praying over his disciples, not that God would just take them up out of the world, right? But that the Father would protect them. And, and I think it was just last week, during a communion devotion maybe, that, or maybe it wasn't. I get my conversations confused sometimes. But I know that in this last week I had a conversation with someone. Tim, you're ringing a bell. I don't know why. <laughs> but I had this conversation. We talked about how people just get so eager. It was at Bible study. It, people get so eager to say, Lord, get us out of here. When we could just pray like Jesus prayed and say, Lord, don't take me out of here. I got work to do. I got people on the streets that need to hear your word. 
I got people out on the streets that need Christ. Don't take me out of this world, but protect me from the evil one. Right? How much would our world change if we prayed like that? I don't even think we can begin to fathom that. If, if we really made that our earnest prayer, but so many of us are, are saying, come Lord Jesus, we need you now more than ever. Well, we do. We do need you now more than ever, but we need your guidance and your protection, and we have you right here. So equip me to go out and preach the gospel. Equip me and give me the shield of faith that I might go out and fend off the darts of the enemy. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 through 16, stand firm. This is, this is right after, let's back up to verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand, then stand firm. I love that. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Come on. Come on. When, when, when the evil one, when the enemy thinks that he's got you right perfectly in the crosshairs. Oh, my shield of faith blocked you again. Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen? amen. You got better amens in you than that. I know you guys. Come on. So by faith, stand firm against evil. Did you, hear it? Did you hear that first two words? By faith. Why? Because whenever I stand, oh, praise God, this mic's back on. When, when I stand, <laughs> when I stand firm according to my own power, what's that fiery little arrow going to do? It's probably going to hit me. But when I stand firm by faith in Christ, and I hold up that shield of faith. I got something to make the devil gonna run, right? <laughs> Y'all know that Crowder song? I got something to make the devil gonna run. He got one, but baby, I got three. <laughs> yes. So by faith, stand firm against the evil one. You see, as I look at all of these different references, I hope that you guys are hearing the same message that I hear because it's kind of like the underlying message, which is have unwavering faith. Have firm faith. Be firmly rooted. Be planted in the gospel. Be strong. So by faith, stand firm against evil. 
Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 2 and 3. And it's, it's, it's this echoing of the Lord's Prayer. And pray that we may be delivered from the wicked and evil people, right? And deliver us from evil. For not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful. Come on. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. That's a promise. Write it down, mark it, highlight it in your Bible. Look what God promised me. He promised he'll be faithful. He promised he'll give you strength and protect you. It echoes the way Jesus taught us to pray. Finally, as I'm going through all of these scriptures, I come to the conclusion that we have overcome the evil one. 1 John chapter 2, 13 and 14. He says, it's, 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 it's in his reasons for writing. He says, I am writing to you, O fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Back to back, you have overcome the evil one. Sometimes as I, as I read this through, I wish it read something like, I write to you, dear Maplewood, because you're strong, because the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. When you read the word, make it personal. Make it come alive because it's the living word of God. So these aren't just words on a page. Whenever I sit here and read, the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Now I feel that, amen? I feel something when I read that. Yes, the word of God lives in me and I have overcome the evil one. And it's okay to get up in the morning and proclaim that. Let your feet hit the ground and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. The word of God lives in me and I have overcome the evil one. What plans you got for me today? Amen. But really, this part's not on your outline. The truth of the matter is sometimes we ask the question, how? What do you mean we've overcome the evil one? How's that possible? I'm only human. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. Listen to this. But thanks be to God. 
I could end that. I, that. That could be a sermon all on its own. And the preacher just get up and say, but thanks be to God. Go home. Right? <laughs> but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, come on. Amen. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you got it again. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So how did we overcome the enemy? Through Christ Jesus, our victory. Through standing firm in Christ Jesus, our victory. If that's not enough to get you there, Romans 8, 37 through 39. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not a thing in all of creation can tear you out of his grip. Amen? Amen. Tell me you feel something. Whoo! God is good. So we've won the victory because in all these things, we are more than conquerors in Christ. And just in case that's still not enough, I got one more for you. It's 1 John 5, 3 and 4. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Are you born again? Yes. You got Jesus with you? then you done it. <laughs> yes, yes, you got it. Put your hands together. This is good. Best material ever written. Best material ever written. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And what do you know about how much faith? Mustard seed. Even that little tiny speck has overcome the world. Come on, right? <laughs> I saw one of my friends, his name's Josiah, he's a, a local pastor, and he put this on Facebook yesterday, and I, I put a comment right on his post, I'm stealing this, I'm using it tomorrow. He said this, keep up your faith. Breakthrough tends to happen right at the moment you're about ready to give up. Amen. Amen. Right, right when you think, I can't do it anymore. It's like that's the moment that Jesus steps in and says, but I can. <laughs> yes, but I can. Right when you think, I'm going under. The hand of the Lord reaches into the water and says, right here, and pulls you right up out of the sea. 
Yes. Keep up your faith. So this morning, here's what I want you to think about. What's blocking your faith? What, what stops you? Because you see, when, when we come into the house of God on a Sunday morning to hear the word and to praise his name, I want you to know that it's okay to bring struggles in here with you. My encouragement time after time, week after week, is leave them here. Right? So, these things really come in handy. <laughs> if you got fear, here's the fear deposit box. All right? It can stay here at the end of the day. You got doubt? Here's the doubt deposit box. You can leave it here at the end of the day. You got worry? Right there, drop it in there. But don't walk out of here defeated. Walk out of here singing victory in Jesus. That's what we're gonna close with. And we're gonna sing it like we mean it. <laughs> because Jesus is our victory. And there's no fear in the world, there's no doubt in the world, there's no worry in the world that will ever overcome Christ, amen? Why? Because Christ has overcome all of these things. Every last one. The bottom line of this message is to be unwavering that you may overcome the evil one through Christ who makes it possible. Amen? That's the bottom line. So when you think about your faith and you think, oh, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Remember, right when you start to think that way, Jesus is going to show up and pull you out. If you want to get ready to close her up. Every time that you think, God, what's in front of me? It's really stifling me with fear. Speak the name of Jesus over that fear, amen? Every time you're looking at a situation and you say, that doesn't look good. That leaves me with a lot of doubt. Speak the name of Jesus over that doubt. Whenever you start to worry, speak the name of Jesus over that worry. But don't, please, please, if you take nothing else away, take away that Christ has won the victory. We can't take that away from him. We absolutely can't. And so this morning, I'm going to invite our praise team up. This morning, here's, here's our, it, it's not exactly what I call a quiet altar call. <laughs> because we're excited this morning. We're excited. And you know what? We aren't having a funeral. We're having a celebration. Why? Because Jesus is alive. And he's won our victory. And we can be excited every day of our lives. Even in the darkest valley, I shall fear no evil. 
for thou art with me. And when I'm discomforted, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen? Amen. This morning, we're going to close with victory in Jesus. And we're going to sing it so loud, it's going to rumble the walls of every church within five miles. All right? <laughs> we're going to blow the roof off of this place with our praise this morning. Because there's nothing our God can't do. There's nothing he hasn't already prepared for us. And then as we turn at the end of this service, we'll take our intermission and then we'll get ready to go into our meeting. And when we go into our business meeting, we're gonna leave these open. And, and that way you can deposit your fear, your doubt and your worry. Because just because we said amen doesn't mean church is over. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. Lord, I, I, look, I look at these things and I, and I see that you have done so much. I see, Lord Jesus, that you have defeated the enemy you hold the keys to death in the grave you are where our power you are our source of power and so today Lord Jesus we give you all the victory all the victory and all the praise because you've won our victory And yes, Lord, we do look forward to the day that you call us all home and that trumpet sounds. But Father, we also look forward to knowing that every single day you will protect us from the evil one. And Lord, have your way in us. Father, I pray now if there's somebody in this building with a need that they would find themselves ready to come and meet you here at this altar this morning. I pray, Lord Jesus, if there's somebody here and they need to make you their savior, that they would come up and say, I'm ready to make that decision. Father, if there's anybody here with fear, doubt, or worry, and they need to come and deposit it in these boxes, let that be a symbol unto them, Lord, that their victory is won in you. Jesus, King of Kings, we love you. Come and inhabit our praise as we sing of the victory that you have won for us forever. And to you we ascribe all praise and glory and honor and power forever. Amen. Amen.